0: So I am sitting here at the John Maxwell Certification Training, and this morning I had the pleasure to watch Jesse Smith, who was a dancer with Justin Timberlake and several other celebrities, and saw him dance today, and, saw, and I was just like, okay... I totally have to interview you for this podcast because you dropped a bomb. You dropped some bombs of not only some of your successes, but more importantly, some of your adversity. And, and this podcast is called the B-Series Untold Stories of Leadership Transformation. And you've had some real incredible transformation in your life that I think is going to really resonate. But first, let's talk about like what you ju- you dance for Justin Timberlake and I'm, I'm a fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> I know my kids are too, so.
1: <laughs> yeah I uh I had a chance to in in 2005 I had a chance to um uh attend an audition you know ever since I was I was uh probably about 13 or 14 years old I knew that music was really what I wanted to do with with my life I just there was something about it that just connected with me and and so um you know I I was I, I was a band geek in in school and and did the whole thing that way and and, mm-hmm. and uh so Uh, and never touched uh, dancing, though, because my parents didn't make a lot of money, were from a lower middle class family, and couldn't afford dance lessons, and, and frankly, it wasn't in the culture that uh, my family was in, so, um, but uh, I, you know, I I did music all throughout, all throughout high school, and uh, actually stumbled into dancing in my, in, in my early 20s. Uh, I was 20 years old, actually, when I started dancing, and so, Um, so, uh, started dancing, I, I would dance wherever, actually to a point where, um, I couldn't, I couldn't afford studio time, um, and so I couldn't afford to go to a dance school and learn, so what I did was I would watch videos online, uh, to learn dance moves and just keep watching them over and over, music videos over and over again, and then I would go to Walmart. Because Walmart was open for 24 hours a day, they always had music playing, and they had a great floor <laughs> to learn. So I went That's back awesome. into Walmart, and I just I would practice, and then I would go to the clubs, and I would learn how I would I would practice there because I mm-hmm. I didn't drink, so I could go to. They had clubs open where I lived in you know Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, and I would dance till one, two o'clock in the morning because it was it was free studio space, and uh, go home, and I, I I wasn't I I didn't get into alcohol or anything like that, so I could wake up early in the morning. And, uh, so I ended up really working hard on, on dancing and, and, uh, focused on that. And then in 2005, I had, a an audition, um, and, uh, it was in front of a, a bunch of industry professionals, um, and these, this audition was for, you know, models, actors, singers, dancers, and, and there was, uh, about 1,500 dancers that were there, um, and I got top 10, um, out of all the dancers, and, uh. So there was over 100 scouts from the industry, and so I got scouted, got signed to uh, MSA, a uh, dance agency, and I moved out to Hollywood, and, uh, and just, you know, went through the whole audition product, uh, you know, thing time and time again, and I thought, okay, I am it to Hollywood, that means I've made it, right? Like, no, <laughs> I actually got told no. 101 times before I scored my first gig
0: wow I went to 101
1: 101 auditions I know because I checked them off every time I went like something wow prison wall and uh (laughs) 101 auditions they told me no and then finally I scored a uh a deal where I did a a a Pepsi commercial with Justin Timberlake and just things kind of progressed from that from that.
0: So how did you get the Pepsi commercial with him? How did just, you score it?
1: Just went to what an happened? audition and, and, uh, and you got lo- it. Yeah. They were looking for somebody that kind of looked like him. And at that time I had my, you do look him, like him. Yeah. Everything else like that. And that was how, how uh-huh. he was rocking his hair. So it just worked out.
0: How in the world, every single time you failed, because that's not normal. People don't just get back up. So how did you endure that and persist through that moment?
1: You know, I had this, I had this weird belief that my life had to make had to be for something it had and and I had this passion to want to be now I had this passion to do something significant now back then it was from an unhealthy place. It was from a place that my life didn't have meaning or I wasn't worth anything unless I did something big um, you know i was I was bullied in school and and I was like I was a band geek to the to the hill couldn't buy a date to save my life. And, uh, you know, so I got a lot of rejection in my personality. You know, creative people, we don't deal with rejection very well. And so I built this thing because I would watch all the the high school students that were in popular crowds, like, you know, the basketball team and and the football team. And I was like, oh, if if you do something cool, people accept you. Well, then if I can do something big like this, then then that means that people will love me. But I also knew that there were a lot of other people that wanted to be loved, and I wanted to show them that, hey, man, I'm from a small town, Superior, Wisconsin, less than 28,000 people, where hip-hop people think you're in a gang. You know, it was like doing the impossible, but if I could prove that, listen, I can do it, the person that's getting bullied and nobody's talking to him at a school somewhere else can maybe believe that they can do something significant, too. And so, Part of it was from an unhealthy place because I thought that in order for me to be loved, I needed to do something big. Um, but also, I just had this drive that I wanted to show other people that, hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. And I wanted to give them that chance too.
0: Hmm. Wow. Okay. So you're hitting on a lot of things here. First of all, being bullied. I feel like that's part of your transformation as well too. So how did you endure that? And how, how have you made that part of your story? Um,
1: again, I think I just, I I really... I I, I early on realized that if you give up, there's no. Where do you go from there? Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe that if I just, I'm not going to just give up because there's no, there's no way out if you give up. If you just give up, you keep falling deeper in your hole. So Mm -hmm. I just, I had this fighter mentality in me that I just, I, I, was gonna, I was gonna claw, scratch, poke, bite, do whatever I needed to do, to get out of to get out of, you know, this this rejection place that I was in, and so when I was bullied, I, I just had to believe that there was more to life than this. I'd seen other people have more. I'd seen other people connect with people and, and, and have, you know, valuable relationships, and I was like, you know what? I, I might not be as cool as them. I might not have all the talents and gifts that they do, but I've got to believe that I can find that somewhere. So I kept focusing on that. I kept focusing on the possibility of there being an answer somewhere else. I think Mm -hmm. too many times what happens is people, people focus on the problem. Mm -hmm. They don't focus on the solution or they focus on the challenge. They don't focus on the destination. And, and, you know, one of my favorite, um, you know, favorite influencers that I've followed for a long time is Tony Robbins. And he says, where focus goes, energy flows. If you focus on the, the, the bullying, if you focus on the problem, it's just, you're going to put more energy into that problem and you're going to go down a dark hole and you can't get out. I think I just was unconsciously, you know, unconsciously um, aware that I needed to focus on the possibility of, of the destination. And that's what Mm -hmm. I I just continued to focus on. And, and, you know, it, it helped me give energy to, to pull myself out of that, that area. So.
0: How where'd that energy come from though? It had to come from somewhere. So what was that transformational moment that you got that? Is that something that you witnessed and watched? Like did you have to borrow belief from people? Where did that come from? Where do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it came from several I mean, there were several stages in my life where that came from. I think Mm. one was just, you know, a young kid, just blind faith, you know. Mm. And then as I got older, you know, when I when 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 I came home from LA and my life at i at that point I felt like fall, fell apart because I was back in Superior, where there was no opportunity. So I thought, um, you know, I thought that my dream had just completely died and crushed. You know, I I I almost committed suicide, and and I had a really powerful encounter that proved to me that there was something more that was working in my favor than than what was in front of me. and And I I took that as a faith builder. I started building this faith that, you know, listen, in my, my belief system, you know, I'm a I'm a man of faith. And so um, my belief system was, you know, God God had a plan for me that was bigger than what I realized out of myself. And so um, you know, there was a, a powerful interruption that I had with my with my attempted suicide that gave me the belief that, okay, like it might look dark mm-hmm. now, but that's not where it's gonna stop. And 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 I just knew that um, God was bigger than I am, and so I had to keep focused on that, and that just kept me pushing forward. Mm, I, I love that you said
0: a powerful interruption. Where, what happened in your life that caused you to want to commit suicide? What happened? What was the transformational moment in that Well,
1: um, so when, you know, so my, my my journey through with Hollywood and music is, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a mountain thing, right? It's peaks and valleys, and so I came home. I thought that I was going to be coming home for a three-month stint. My parents, uh, we're moving across country. They're missionaries, and um, I was coming home to help them with their estate. I told MSA, my dance agency, I'll be gone for three months. Well, when I pulled into my parents' um, pulled into my parents' driveway, uh, my transmission didn't explode; it didn't just dis- malfunction. Now, people that understand cars are gonna their eyes are gonna pop out of their head. My transmission fell out of my car, mm.
0: and mm-hmm. it was almost <laughs>
1: like I'm stuck. Wow. I had three hundred dollars to my name when I moved back home. And I didn't have any way to get back to California. Um, and just I had a lot of people then saying, see, because uh, misery desires company. I was yes. challenging a lot of people's belief by being out there. And when I came back home, there was a lot of people that were seizing that opportunity to tell me that they knew I was wrong to begin with. And this was just proof. And I just really got into a dark place and I started spiraling and and. And, um, and again, I was focusing more on my problem and not the possibility of a solution. And so I, I just started going down downhill and, you know, when I was staring over that bridge and and looking at like, I was going to jump off of this bridge and I had this interruption moment where somebody pulled over and just let me know, listen, you know, God loves you and I don't know what you're going through, but, um, you know, it, it was, it was just that moment then that I thought I knew, I knew I had all this proof to tell me why it wasn't true but i had this proof over here that was telling me that it was true and i chose to focus on the proof that was telling me it was true and and that's really what what you know it interrupted my pattern it, it interrupted my my thinking pattern to to remind myself that listen your life is not determined by your circumstances. You choose what to do with your circumstances and that will determine your outcome. And so I had to just stay focused on that.
0: Well, you're dropping some bombs right now. So (laughs) you hit something. You said misery loves company. Talk to the person right now that is miserable, feeling miserable right now in their life. And what are you saying about company? So do you I always tell people like you know love them from a distance stay away from that company what did you do specifically talk to them give them some advice yeah
1: I mean I had to I had to like literally turn off the noise I mean there was there was some people that I had to just stop returning calls not answer their calls stop returning their texts like I had to just I had to get around people that were going to speak life into me and not not people that were going to literally suck my soul from my body and 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 at, at, it's it's in those moments that first of all we have to understand there's there's somebody out there right now that's like I, I'm strong enough to do this on my own. No, you're not. I don't care how strong you are. Yeah, you are a strong person. There, you know, hold on to that. You were created uh, to be something that was a force to be reckoned with, but we were never to be created. We were never created to be a force to be reckoned with on our own. We were Mm. developed for community. So you will never do what you were designed to do on your own. It's impossible. There is somebody that's going to have to help you get there along the way and probably multiple somebodies. And so you need to surround yourself with people that are going to believe in your purpose and support you and speak into that purpose as opposed to People that are looking at their own deficit, looking at their own poor self-image, looking at their own failures and saying, listen, life is not fair, so because life's not fair, I don't want you to succeed either. There's a lot of people that don't do that consciously, they do that non-consciously, but they're doing it. And so, you, it, it's so important. I had to start getting around people. You know, Jim Rohn says you are a product of the top five people you hang around. Yep. And mm-hmm. so, I had to start getting around people that were, that were doing something different in life. They had results that I wanted. They, they, because the people that have the results you want, they have to have the thinking that creates those results. And the thinking that I was having at that moment wasn't where I needed it to be. So I needed to get around those people mm-hmm. and that's what I had to do. I literally had to shut off the noise. It was not easy because I'm a very relational person. Mm-hmm. Um, we get comfortable in our relationships, we get comfortable in what we know and so when we tell other people no or I, I, I can't talk to you, we think that that means that we're not going to, we're going to lose a friend. No, you're going to gain a better one.
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, but you can't yeah. gain better until you get rid of bad. You can't, you can't get what you deserve until you, get, you, until, you, until you take away what is destroying you. So you, you only have so much yep. capacity. Mm-hmm. And so you know, the whole out with the old, in with the new, well, I, I say out with the bad, in with the good. But you cannot get good, and you can't get enough good to carry you where you want to go without you emptying some of the bad first.
0: So how in the world did you find these people? Because that's the biggest question I always have when I coach my students across the nation. They're like, well, I don't know where to find them. (laughs) So how did you find them? Who was the first person who spoke into your life that you knew that was a visionary that needed to?
1: um, So I had a friend of mine that had, I had a friend of mine that uh, he uh, was a director for Youth for Christ. Mm-hmm. And he had started this huge project. He had an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit. He started this huge project um, and, and literally bought a building that was an impossible buy for the ministry that he was working with and um, started this, this youth center that was an impossible situation. And uh, when I got back, um, you know, he and, I had, he and I had had exchanges before I knew him, but I didn't know him very, very well. Um, But one of the things that he was one of the people that taught me the value of mentorship and also taught me the value of loving somebody where they're at so that you can influence them for where they need to go. Because I think a lot of times people will say, I know where you need to go, so I'm going to try to tell you all the things that are wrong with you and what you need to change. Mm -hmm. He didn't touch that. He first came into my world. He knew all my brokenness. He knew all the bad thinking. He knew everything. He just loved me where I was at. He came into my world. He didn't ask me to come into his. And uh, he just started speaking life into me. And then he started getting me around the people that I needed to get around. Oh, and, okay. um, and, and very nice. But, but you need to make yourself available. You need to make yourself humble enough to say, I know I need help. Can somebody help me? And I can, I can tell you right now. If you are humble and you just be transparent, okay, that's going to get you so mm-hmm. far because people relate to transparency, and people have this this innate desire. My my company, we have a sales and leadership development company, and and my company, we have a product called the Real Secret to Motivation, and one of the things that we teach is these six fun foundational elements of life, and one of the mm. things that every human being has ingrained in their DNA is is a thing to is a is a is, a, is an element to expand and to share. We are designed to to actually help people get where they want to go. So yeah. when you give somebody the opportunity to do that, they'll do it every single time.
0: Wow, we're going to definitely have to have you back on and go through those six elements. But let's talk right now. Let's shift over because the story you told on stage was you were here in this hotel. You were trying out for it was an audition, mm-hmm. and uh, you couldn't afford a room. Mm-mm. And so you were broke. Tell that story. What's that transformational moment that you had
1: yeah, so, um, well, the 2005 was, was uh, that, that was the year Fashion Rock, so the audition that actually got my break was in this very same hotel, and um, I, I went there with no money, um, and I didn't come from a, I didn't come from a, um, I didn't come from a, a, a rich background or anything like that, I had hardly mm-hmm. any money, so I came here, and uh, I also didn't grow up in a studio learning choreography. I, I, I taught myself how to dance, mm-hmm. and they had one of Michael Jackson's old choreographers here that was teaching the piece for the for the audition. And so I just all I could do is I went in and audition while everybody was out partying and having fun. I was spending time in the corner of a hotel because I couldn't afford a room. I was in a corner of a hotel, like just breaking down the dance steps and and working. I worked probably. I think it was eight or 10 hours that I worked on that choreography piece while everybody was enjoying the pool and just hanging out and having a good time. I was Mm -hmm. working because I knew that I I needed to do this. This wasn't something that was I would like to. Um, It was something I, I, I had to do. And, you know, that was one of the things, too, for me. You talk about transformational moments. It was one of those moments that I understood and learned the value of until you go from a should to a must, you'll never accomplish what you were designed to accomplish.
0: Ooh! Wow. Okay. That that's huge. So you couldn't even afford a room. So you're you did you sleep that night? No. <laughs> you just danced all no. night. I danced and in you got well, you got the gig. Sleep.
1: I did sleep because I'm I did finally meet some people and so I just nonchalantly hung out with people in their room and and we were, there was a bunch <laughs> of us and we passed out in their room and so it worked out. I
0: love it. You got a little bit of sleep. Yeah. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. And you won. Right? Yeah. You get so chosen. I got, I got okay. top
1: ten, um okay. top ten dancers out of fifteen hundred. Okay. Um, and uh yeah, I was able to dance in front of thirty five hundred people and there was a hundred different scouts from all over the industry there and, and so, you know, we were on display for all of those scouts.
0: Wow. So how long did you dance for and who did you dance for like?
1: So Which... it was a really short stint actually I, I, I danced for about a year I danced for Justin Timberlake I did work with Rihanna I did work with Sierra I did work with Mario and then I also did some work with Channing Tatum and Wow um, then I then I came home and uh, in 2006 but I continued to pursue my pursue my passion with dancing by speaking and sharing my story and then mm-hmm. you know dancing all around the really the world I had a chance to go to Africa I had a chance to you know, do some things in Europe. So, um, and and then I, I, I just toured the country, and then in 2013 is when I got my record deal. And uh, you know, I was 32 years old, um, trying to break into an industry that you know you really needed to be 15, 16 years old to break into. And um, wow, but I got my uh, I got my I got my break. I got the the the, the deal. I thought it was great. And then the deal went completely sour in nine months. Okay. They owed me a ton of money. I was broke and uh, broken and um, facing bankruptcy. So I had to make mm. a complete shift. And that's when uh, I joined my my business partner that I have now. And it's for a really long time.
0: You have a coaching and speaking business, correct? Talk yes. about that.
1: Well, yeah. So we have a, it's a sales and leadership development company. So we mm-hmm. what we really focus on is we really help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and and. I mean, large organizations, small organizations, help increase their profitability through giving them a better sales process and stronger teams. Wow! Um, so we do a lot of sales training um, mm-hmm. and a lot of work with, you know, uh, uh, team leaders and building building leaderships within their teams because uh, we find very often that most of the time when a, an organization is struggling in sales, they're also struggling in leadership.
0: Oh, yeah, amen, right? Yeah. And so, VIA, you became a John Maxwell leadership coach. Why did you join the team and what year?
1: Yeah, so we, we joined the team because we had been having already great success with our own uh, hearing aid business, and we had started having people ask us to teach what we were doing because we 10x the revenue of that business in four years. And wow. And so we grew a team of two people to 17 people uh, on an all-commission-based environment in four years. And so... Um, people were just like blown away by what we were doing. And so we had been reading books and we'd been doing stuff, but I wanted some more content. I wanted some more meat when it came to mindset, when it came to leadership, and I wanted to plug into people that I knew that we could surround ourselves with that were doing the same thing. So I found the John Maxwell team, and that was back in May of 2016 that we joined. Um, but our first actual event that we attended was the February 17 event.
0: Yeah. Well, It's so great to have you on the team, for sure. And uh, so what last words do you have for everybody? Because this is the B series. So I believe that we've all become, and you mentioned it earlier, most of us have become, including myself, human doings. And we forgot that we're human beings. And so to have, do, or be more, you have to become more. So give advice right now. Who do you need to become to get to what you want to
1: have? I think first, before you learn, I think before you focus on who you need to become, you need to understand the value that you have by who you are right now Beautiful. Um, I think too often we feel like we're not mm-hmm. enough if, if you focus on what you need to become first that's a place of lack but when you understand who you are and the abundance of amazingness abundance of value that you have as a person without lifting your finger mm. then you come from a place of abundance and you mm-hmm. will grow from a much healthier place So, I would encourage anybody, first of all, that they just got to understand, and and, and you you need to, it's not something that's just going to be sitting there and realizing it. You need to grow your mindset, you need to really do some work we have been taught to work externally Mm -hmm. and we are not taught to work internally and so I would I would just recommend anybody right now to you know I don't care if it's picking up a self development book I don't care if it's you know studying self-image I I don't care what it is but first of all make a decision that you're going to explore the value of who you are first because when you get there yes that's when everything will take off
0: yes I love that you said that because my book be amazing the second chapter is understand your value Mm. tell tell us how did you understand your value where did that come from
1: so I think that's also a non I think it's an ever-evolving challenge yes Uh, so (laughs) I think the the first time that I really got a sense of my value was when I was about to jump off a bridge Mm -hmm. and um you know, the, the interesting thing that happened there was I had a gentleman pull over. You know, you're, you're, looking, at, you're looking over the bridge, and you're about to commit suicide. And it was on a major road. Um, cars are going by all the time. And so the internal dialogue starts and says, see, you're not even worth pulling over for. Um, you know, people can tell that you're not. Because the, the bridge that I was on, I mean, it's, it's a, a 150 to 200-foot drop. You're not going for a swim. Okay? And it's, it's water that, mm-hmm. if you stay in it for more than 10 seconds, you're going to go into hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And so y- y- this wasn't something that was going to be a joy ride for me. so people are just going by. Nobody stops. However, um, uh, a car pulls up and a car pulls up and, and, and gets out of his car, and, and a gentleman says, "Hey, are you Jesse?" And I said, "Who are you?" And you know, what, what do you want?" He says, "I just want to know, is your name Jesse?" And I said yes but 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 who are you and what do you want and he says I just would you give me three minutes of your time I said brother I don't know if you can tell but I'm not in the mood for a chit chat and uh even though I was I wanted somebody to pull me off that bridge but we again try to put up this front like I don't need anybody and so I said "I, I, I don't need anything and you know the whole time I'm standing there the reason why I was standing there to begin with was because there was two things that drove who I am as a, as a, as a man and who, as a, who I am as a creative person, who I am as a dancer, a human being, a musician. Mm-hmm. I wanted two big things in my life. I wanted to do something significant. I wanted to be significant. And I wanted to be loved. That was all mm-hmm. I wanted in life. And um, so I'm standing there, and this guy goes, well, would you give me three minutes of your time? I said... I said, uh, he, he, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'll give you three minutes of, your time, of my time. So I, I get up off the bridge and I go back off the medium. And he goes, listen, young man. He goes, is your name Jesse? And I said, yes. He goes, whose car is that? At that time, I was driving my parents' white Cadillac. Because remember, my transmission fell out of my car. He said, uh, I, I go, who are you? I don't know you. Because where I come from, I knew everybody. I don't know you. How do you know my name? He says, well, listen, he goes, 45 minutes ago I was praying, and God mm-hmm. told me that there was a young man that was about to jump off the bridge. His name is Jesse. He's driving a white Cadillac, and he to tell two things. He's significant, and I love him. That was it. Wow. And he said, young man, if the God of the universe specifically sent an assignment to somebody that you've never met to come and tell you the very things that you need to hear,
0: mm-hmm
1: how important do you think you are? And he got in his car wow. and he left. Wow. And I've never seen that guy again. Yeah. Um, I, I, to this day, you know, I've contemplated, was that an angel? I don't know what the deal was, mm-hmm. but, but it gave me the understanding that, listen, I was created by not somebody. I was created by the person, yes. the, the, the creator. Yes. And yeah. not only that, he didn't create me and forget about me. He's, he's kept his eye on me. He's watched me, and in my darkest moment, he knew exactly what I needed to hear, and he sent somebody that I'd never met to tell me what I needed to hear so that he could prove to me that he was real and that my value meant something. Wow. This
0: this is powerful. So how have you used this moment to be that person for
1: other people in your life? Yeah, I think, I think I've just continued to be reminded that, you know, uh, one that, you know, there's a lot of people that wear masks and mm-hmm. we think they're in great shape mm-hmm. and they're, they're dying inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, because of what I do, I have a ton of people come up to me and, you know, want to take pictures with me and, it, and, and tell me how great I am and all this kind of stuff. And that really, it, it, what I, what I've been intentional doing is, is, is helping them understand that do you realize that I'm not anything different than you? Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing deserves no more praise than the fact that you're still living, you're breathing, mm-hmm. and you're doing what's important that you need to be doing. What's your purpose? And um, so I, I try to use this moment now to be able to help other people see the value that they have. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, I think that's what we're all on this planet to do is to, is to help other people realize that they have way more value than, um, than they understand.
0: How do people seek their value what do you think they need to do to find their own value
1: well you know this is going to be i i think first of all you have to understand the value of a human being you have to Mm -hmm. understand really i mean first of all um what were the chances that you were created like if you take a look at the at the exact uh like the ratio it's like Mm. one in 4.8 trillion chances that you were ever (laughs) created your exact DNA all that kind of stuff so the fact of the matter is is that we all have we all have value and and I think that the only way that you're really going to you know understand you know your purpose, understand everything is just gotta, you, you have to really understand how much value you have as a person. How much value you have because of, you know, everybody, everybody on the planet is superior to, to, to everybody else in one way, shape, or form. We all have different gifts, we all have different talents, we all have different designs, and, and that design was not by accident, it was specific. And when you can really understand that, uh, that every human being on the planet has that value, It just brings you a a, a whole different, a whole another perspective.
0: Beautiful. I love this, uh, Jesse. So how can we find you? How can people pick you up for coaching? Like, how do they get a hold of you? Do you have a website?
1: Yeah, so we have, okay. I mean, I'm on Facebook, Jesse Smith. There's a million of them, but you've got a picture of me standing in in a red jacket next to John Maxwell, so it's hard to, <laughs> hard to miss.
0: And it's J-E-S-S-E, e, yes. Smith. Yep. You can't get that wrong, can't. right? <laughs> and then I also,
1: you can also bump into me on our Facebook page for my business, Inspired Motivated Leadership.
0: Inspired, Motivated Leadership yep. on and Facebook, so, yep. Facebook
1: page. Yep, Facebook beautiful. page, and you'll, you'll see us on there. So Yeah,
0: and we can book you for speaking, book you for coaching. Yep, sales
1: training, leadership, whatever. Leadership, sales training,
0: yep. beautiful. Jesse, thank you so much. God Absolutely. bless you. Keep changing lives. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.